first episode of the podcast, we have Ian Hurley. Ian Hurley is the president of the Australian Deer Association for the Darling Downs chapter, but he's also a wizard with computers. And as such, for his day job, he's an IT consultant. Check out his YouTube channel, it's just Ian Hurley, you'll find him, he's the one with the fucking mad drone going fishing. Or look up the Australian Deer Association, if you're in Darling Downs, that's who you'll be talking to. He's a good dude, this is the first time I've ever met him, and we just hit it off, straight up. He, he, he's obviously passionate about hunting, and we had a great conversation. Um, I am definitely going to be to be uh, talking again real soon um, about joining the Australian Deer Association, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. My name's Ian Hurley. I am um, talking on this podcast on behalf of the Australian Deer Association, so I'm the current president for the Darling Downs branch up here uh, in Toowoomba, um, but also by day, um, look after... Well, along with my wife, of course, a uh, two-year-old boy who I'm uh, actively getting into the outdoor life. So i um, a big dad advocate to make sure that we uh, we raise these fellas right. Uh, and then by day to make a living because um, hunting certainly doesn't do that for you. Uh, I haven't figured out how yet. Not often. No, no not yet. Well, there are ways, but we'll, we'll get to that, I'm sure. Um, I'm an IT consultant. I work for Telstra and look after a number of enterprise customers with a bunch of technology needs they have so it's a bit of me what's the sort of um reaction you get when you tell people that you love hunting and oh. you're an it consultant yeah it's an interesting one um i'm just completely open about it you know i, I wear gear that sort of portrays it subtly um i talk about eating game meats you know what have you done on your weekend well you know I've been bush, I've been here, I've been there. I do a lot of really cool adventure stuff that people are quite keen to hear about. You know, when we head out, it's often in helicopters or, really? or what have you. So people like hearing adventure stories. And my part of the world really is, is male dominant. Yep. Um, so, yes, we have a lot of uh, women in our workforce. But in the sales, whether it's right or wrong, it's just a fact. It's, it's pretty male dominant. So um, you don't get as much kickback uh, as a lot of people would. But I'm pretty open about it. Uh, if people, I mean, you go to a sales meeting in the morning and people say, oh, what's Hurley been up to? It's, uh, what's he shot this weekend? Or, you know, <laughs> how many freezers has he filled up for his buddies? Um, you know, so I find it really easy to talk to people because it's not about blood and gore. There's, there's a huge process to, to what we do. Heaps and of people think it is. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they think you're a maniac that just wants to shoot things for fun. Yes. Um, and it's, it's far from that. Yeah, so it's weird. I was talking to um, my mum and told her that I was coming here to talk to you about it. And I'm starting to really get infatuated, obsessed with with the hunting and uh, the whole culture around it. Just mm. seems fucking amazing. Um, but anyways, I was talking to mum about it, and and she just thought it was fucking weird. And I was like. You're, you're a meat eater. Why do you think this is weird? Yeah, and you can go further than that. Uh, every one of us is here today because our ancestors were damn good at it. Yeah. Because if they couldn't hunt, how are they going to eat? Yeah. So there's this, there's this whole history in our in our past, whether you like it or not, that sort of says, you know, I'm, I'm part of that. You know, today we've sort of left those skills behind a lot and they're the sort of skills I want to keep up and I want to teach people and help people along. But, you know, we've lost 
touch with where our food comes from. Yeah, oh, for and, sure. And this puts you right back in touch real fast. Yeah, I bet. Um, you know, about what you've got to do to get it. Um, I found, I mean, COVID's been really interesting. We've had yeah. this influx of members over this period of time. Really? Even though they can't get out and do anything or haven't been able to get out and do anything because a lot of our activities have been postponed or cancelled for the year. Is that due to sizes whole, or the zombies are coming, mate? And we've oh, yeah. got to, we've oh, got yeah, to be able sure. to feed ourselves and, and what have you. So people are into this whole sustainable living concept and you know, it's a it's a resource. It's it's out there. It mm-hmm. should be treated that way. Mm-hmm. And um, people are sort of starting to think about it like that. Yeah. We're not as advanced as say New Zealand is. I mean, it's where I come from originally. Um, it, it's a very open discussion in New Zealand, whereas in Australia if you were to walk down to the, the main street with a camo jacket on, you'd be yeah, looked weird, at as, right? a, as a dero. Yeah. Um, over there, it's perfectly normal. It's just part of the culture, and, and it's openly talked about. So we've we got a long way to go to get there. But long way? We're catching up, what? Oh, I don't know if we'll ever get there. Yeah, righto. Um, we have zero support, really, from some a lot of our governments. So Queensland, um, they don't allow hunting of any sort on public land, right? Correct, yep. What, what's the go there, like... I don't, I don't, uh, me as a, can't say non-hunter, but I don't, I don't understand that. What, the, why? I, I don't either. It frustrates no. the living daylights out of me. But I, I can see politicians have voted in. Yeah, for sure. And it's a popularity contest. And the status quo is the easiest thing. Yeah, I guess so. You go and introduce a bill that says that, you know, old mate, I mean, this is a terrible example, but it's an example uh, that they would bring up. I don't want to go and have a picnic in the park and see a gutshot deer lying in the river. And neither do I. That would be terrible, no. right? Neither yeah, would I. Yeah, for sure. Um, so they're into, well, it's not safe. Well, that's bullshit because New South Wales has been running for years and um, they've never had an incident. No one's been shot. No one's died. None of that stuff happens. Yeah. It's very well regulated. There's uh-huh. safety courses. There's control. There's numbers. All of those sorts of things. does a great job. And as a... As a, a, f- a fact off the side of that, it's the third largest grossing agri-sector in New South Wales. Really? Next to beef and uh, broadacre cropping, it yields the most amount of money for New South Wales. Wow. As a fact. And Queensland government is saying, sorry, we don't want that industry. We what? just don't want it. That's crazy. Why not? What right do they have, more That's to the silly. point? What yeah, right do they sure. have to say, we don't want that legal industry in our state? That frustrates me, but that's a that's a big long conversation. We've got <laughs> a couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's weird. It is hard. That Look, is weird. And we 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 lobby. The the great thing yeah. about the Australian Deer Association is it's not just a hunting club. You know, your fees go to you know a, a national organisation that lobbies and um, writes papers and does studies and informs government and things like that. So they, yeah, right they right do a great it. job of that. Yeah, and we. We're, we're starting to see more of that happen up in, in Queensland. The yeah. majority of our, vin- our members are in Victoria. Yeah, okay. So they have a great hunting culture down there. They yeah. have all, well, not all forestry, but most uh, accessible national park and state for- state forest. You can go and hunt Sambadia down there. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty unrestricted. You can just go and do it, yeah, which right is on. great. Um, but they put a lot of their money into that lobbying and keeping that um, resource available to the hunters down there. Uh, and we're trying to encourage that to come further north. New South Wales got the R licence program, and that's been running really well. Yeah. And up here, we just you, you nearly get there. Yeah. And then the government changes, and yeah. you got to start again. And like it's 
soul crushing stuff. Yeah, right. Mm. It's weird. Why? Why? Why do you think that um, the public has this perception that it's like you were saying before? You just want to go out and kill everything, anything that moves. You just want to fucking blood I, and gore. I think because food is so easy to get. Yeah. You can just go to the supermarket and buy food. Why you didn't? Why? Why do you need to have this bloodlust to go and do it yourself? And, and until you experience it, you got to understand that it's not about that. Yeah. Um, there is a whole lot to a, a trip to you know go and seek out a deer and take it and you know process it and bring it home so you can eat it. We're not just dropping stuff on the ground. That's yeah. Not what we're about. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. It's way too easy to get food. Like, um, what we're never more than a few meters away from feeding our face. Well, let's ever. let's be real about it, and you you might edit some of this stuff out, but probably not. Um, <laughs> we're too rich. Yeah, like we have know, no struggle. We, we might we might feel like we struggle from time to time, but we've not been through a war. No. Really, we no. haven't lined up for fuel. We haven't lined up for food. This is the first generation that's had that. And why do you think we have all this activism? All these people complaining about my feelings being hurt and all of this bullshit that goes on because they've got nothing else to worry about because everything's easy. Making and if you can't get it, go to the government and they'll give it to you. Yeah. How much money can you get now just by not going to work? Lots. <laughs> Lots. <laughs> yeah, so I completely agree with you. I, I really, I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. We are, the, especially you know, us, we, oh, we are the first generation to go through that i can think of without a major war yeah like a proper major war we've had no no recession no, no major recession no, or depression major, where people were starving in the streets no yeah. yep. no pandemics i don't care about this last one <laughs> well it's happening it's happening and it, i think it's showing a few things up uh, i hear less noise about all of the little things yeah you know than you probably did six or eight months ago yeah a lot of that sort of white noise has disappeared. You don't see as much of it on the news. Um, I think yeah. it's becoming a bit more normal again, so who knows what will happen soon, but it's, it's it's funny. Speaking about people complaining, though, when I first messaged you, I really made sure that you knew that I wasn't some crazy activist. I'm still not convinced. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, you, you, you got the editing tools, mate, so uh, it'll be, hi, my name's Ian, and I'm a crazy nutbag. That's that's the podcast, right? If I if I knew how to do that, this would be heaps, heaps better. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a lot more fun. Yeah. Um, yes, I'm, uh, look, I'm not, I'm not scared of having conversation with people, um, especially people that, I mean, if you're completely vegan and that's your lifestyle choice, then... I'm not going to try and convince you to stop. That's fine. Uh, but if you're, you know, you wear leather, you, you know, you, you, you eat meat, you do all of those sorts of things, how that gets to your table, you're a part of, whether you like it or not. Yeah, for sure. And I, I choose to do it naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that that's bad for the animal because if I was a deer, you know how they die normally? Oh, yeah. No, normally. How they normally die? In this country. Oh, in this country. So I would imagine... If no one hunted them. It'd be something to do with infection, some sort of fucking... uh, Yeah, infection, disease, broken bone of some description. Starvation. Yeah, something Having their ass chewed out by a dingo because they're too weak to walk. Yeah, all the the really shit ways to die. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Because there's no natural predators in, in Australia for deer, really, is there? No, not for an adult. No. No. Uh, you know, I've seen um, I've seen Wedgetail eagles pick deer up and drop them on the ground from great heights to kill them. Really? But they're very young. Yeah. You know, they'll be they'll be yearling deer. Yeah, yeah. 
um, not long ago we saw two of them tag teaming on a on a, an injured one. Yeah, okay. Um, so the young ones will, will have that problem in the old wild dog and dingo, but really, if there's not an apex predator like a dog chasing the deer, they'll just keep increasing in volume. Yeah, well, I actually seen not too long ago a couple of deer just down near the quarry here. There's plenty. That's crazy. They're everywhere. Yeah, they are, they really are. Yeah. It just sort of brought home the fact that they really are everywhere. Mm. Um, just cruise along, and I seen the eye shine from the from the headlights. I turned around, had the family in the car, turned around, and I was like, "Have a look at this!" Eye <laughs> beams on, and there they are, scooting up the hill. Yeah, yeah. There, and there's quite a few different species around around this area. Mm. Yep. So in Queensland, we've got red deer. Mm-hmm. So this is the heart of red deer country. Yeah, Toowoomba okay. For Queensland. So, well, I say Toowoomba. Uh, Darling Downs is a, has, a, has a big herd that mm-hmm. sort of is in around the, the dams. Um, I used to do some work with the surveyors. Um, the university did a, scu- a study, UQ did a study, and they were trying to tranquilise them, tag them and track them just to see where they roamed. And uh, we would go down there at... In the daytime and at nighttime, we do half. Uh, we do hind calf count ratios, which is female to baby ratio. Mm-hmm. How many females? How many yearlings? How many young ones have been born? Uh, and we try and count those just for statistical reasons. Um, we were sitting up above a creek, and we saw more than three hundred in one mob, just bathing in a creek. Wow! Yeah, uh, and they would shoot them and put them into a hole and. No one would know anything about it. And th- all of that meat would go away. Um, there was a scenario where they were providing that meat to one of the parks down on the Goldie Yeah, for the lions. It just got too hard. Got too hard. Got too hard to give the meat away because it needed to come in a processed way, you know, untagged, and no one would see that people, you know, the, the theme park was buying meat from deer that was shot because it was probably seen as mean. That public perception, that's oh, fucking crazy. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. But um, it, it just takes a little bit of education with somebody. But one-on-one, you can't do this in a big group because... Not really. You know, people get their egos up. Yeah. Um, and I found that the easiest way to do it is to take them shooting. Yeah, it would be. They go, wow, okay. You've just spent days in preparation. Yeah. Driving for hours, paying a lot of money. Let's let's be real. It's the most expensive meat on the market because uh-huh. it costs you a shitload of money to buy all your gear and get there and do it. Uh-huh. So you don't ever tell your wife that you're doing it for free meat because that it disappears that that reason pretty fast. Um, but by the time you get there, the actual shooting of the animal is all of thirty seconds of your days and days of planning. Yeah, and then you're into recovery and looking after that animal, making sure the meat doesn't spoil getting it back to where we're camped or staying, uh-huh. butchering it, breaking it down into all of the different meat parts from, you know, back steaks to rib cages to all sorts of different things, uh, depending on what you want. Taking the skins, having them tanned, turning them into leather, doing all of that sort of stuff. Everything is cherished because you spend so much time trying to trying to chase that animal. Yeah, for sure. And you're testament to it's all yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have all sorts of different things that I use to make, you know, uh, with the leather. And it's, I think it's wasted. 
That's that's really important. Nothing gets wasted. Nothing. I mean, to be you know, there's there's a bit of probably gut cavity that goes somewhere, oh, and yeah, for the, sure, the dog gets the hooves and all those sorts of things. Yeah, but that's still not wasted, right? It's not wasting it. No, I had a I had a fella come along for the first time not long ago. So, can you pause for a sec? Yeah, for sure. My dog's taken off. Where was I up to? Um, oh, yeah. I had a mate yeah. come along. Yeah, so a guy came along recently, uh, and his statement at the end was that he had absolutely no idea how much effort was put into caring for that dead thing. <laughs> You're yeah, climbing you don't mountains, care for and, it. oh, it's gone real quick. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, real fast, especially in this country. Uh, in other countries, you can hang them into trees for you know overnight. Yeah, you see that on on shows like. You know, meat eater and stuff, yeah. they, they hang them in trays. And I wouldn't imagine that'd be an, a possibility here or an option here, really. Uh, you can do okay. Yeah. A lot of the hunting we do is in winter. So yeah. it gets cold up here in winter. Yeah. So that's okay. You can put them in trees overnight. Uh, we do a lot of hunting around Tamworth. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can put a, a, a deer in a tree there for three or four days. Mm. That's okay. As long yeah, as right it on. doesn't get attacked by flies, it's yeah. fine. That'd be a big issue, too. Yeah, there's ways of sorting that out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is incredible how much effort people go to. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. So when did you start? When when did you first go out? Uh, so I was just, just a young fella in New Zealand. I mean, it's culture there. Yeah. Duck shooting season comes along, you're duck shooting. Uh, there's bunnies, you know, on your property. You, you're sort of nailing them to keep them off your, off your crops. Mm-hmm. Um, my uncle was a military man, and he, he loved to hunt. So he would take me out as a, oh, before I was a teenager, we'd go out and uh, we shot a, shot my first deer with him, which was great. Um, but it was just normal. I lived in a little place that uh, was 10 kilometre strip of land between the ocean and the mountainside. Oh, nice. So we had the Kaimai Ranges above us, which was just an enormous, you know, like the Great Dividing Range, mm-hmm. um, kilometres and kilometres long and wide. Uh, and the ocean on the other side. So we were either fishing or hunting or, you know, something. It's yeah. just normal. Yeah. So it wasn't really when I started. I was just born. Yeah. And it happened. Already uh, there. Just like when did you learn to drive a car? Well, I learned to drive a tractor first and those sorts of things. But it's just always been part of life. But I, I, I lost it when I first moved here. I moved to Sydney. It's a bit harder to chase deer in Sydney. I'd imagine it would be. Uh, yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you're doing different things. You're chasing skirts when you first yeah. move over here. That's yeah. half the reason you show up to Australia. <laughs> um, and I picked it back up when I moved to Queensland yeah, um, okay. some 25 or so years ago. Yeah, right. I um, joined the ADA. And my current set of buddies that I hang out with quite frequently, they're all from ADA. It's, um, it's where your mates come from. Yeah, nice. Mm. Well, so what sort of work does the ADA do? Like uh, I know you you touched on it there briefly, saying they lobby government, um, trying to get you know restrictions in place or or taking them out so you can go hunting on public yeah. land and all that a, sort of a stuff. A lot of it's a lot of it's advocacy. I mean, many members join the ADA because they want to meet like-minded people that want to go and do similar things on the weekend. Yeah. Um. You know, there aren't too many people that just disappear on their own. They want to take a mate. You know, maybe take the family. A lot of people join because they've never done it before and they want to learn. So we've got a really good education program that helps them. Um, so we have all sorts of different people. There's still members that have joined recently that have, have never been hunting and are just you know, waiting for that opportunity to be able to do so. 
coming into summer, it, it's a bit harder. Um, the deer are about to drop young ones, so we sort of leave them alone at that point. Um, if you were the government, you'd want to blow them all apart about now, so you've got two for one. Um, and they commission a fair few helicopters to do that and just decimate the herds and leave them rotting. That's um, that's a, a bit of a sad subject, but um, so that's that's what the ADA does. So nationally, they advocate um, state-based. You know, we lobby from a state perspective, and then locally, um, I look after the local branch. And really, what I'm doing is organising trips and gatherings and various different things for people to come along to. So in a year, we would have four what we call mentor hunts where we buddy up a new mentor, member with a mentor uh, or be two new members with a mentor and we'll take them out and do everything from the pre-work before we go, getting out to camp, checking their gear, making sure their rifles are right, taking the animal, bringing it back, butchering it, having everything done, packed in the eskies and sent home again. And that's a weekend experience for a mentee. So with uh, the Breaking the animal down, butchering it, and all that sort of stuff. You do that yourself? Do you need? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do you need any sort of certificate, or qualification? No. Or anything you, like that? you only need a, a certificate if you're going to sell the meat to yep. somebody else. Then you need to have a game harvesting license or something like that. I don't know exactly what the term is. Um, I'm allowed to take uh, wild game, butcher it, consume it, give it to friends. I just can't sell it. You're allowed to give it, but you can't sell it. Yep. Okay. Because if I was going to give it to you, that would be all care, no responsibility. If you get crook, too bad, buddy. Hopefully you're not going to sue me because I only give venison to my friends. <laughs> and even then it's not very often. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's it's still a rare thing that you would give it away. How much meat do you get off an animal? Like average-ish? Oh, we carved a few up here the other day. Um, the carcass weight, which is um, skin on but mm-hmm. gutted, Um Anywhere between eighteen and thirty-two kilos. Yeah, nice. That's bone in still. Yeah. So you're probably picking up, I don't know, ten, fifteen kilos of meat, plus a whole lot of mince for your dogs. A whole lot of mince. That's. I mean, that's great food. Like, if if you want healthy, the best quality healthy meat you can possibly get, it's venison. Yeah, I was just it's about to ask. Can you explain what venison is? I've had it. I've had it literally. Well, ve- I've ve- had it once before. Right. So beef is from a cow. Pork yep. is from a pig. Venison yep. is from deer. Yep. Uh, it's as simple as that. And then you have various different cuts, no different to a cow. You mm-hmm. would carve up a cow the same as you would uh, a deer, um, are just slightly smaller. Mm-hmm. Unless you go to Victoria, where you get samba and they're huge. Really? Yeah. An elk, the size of horses. Um, samba, not quite the size of elk, but they're a, they're a big beast, um, size of a yearling cow. You shoot one of them, you've got a fair amount of work getting that back to camp. Yeah, nice. Yep, you can get some pretty big animals down there. Victoria's a place to be. Yeah, when I left Sydney, I should have turned left. Yeah, maybe. I turned right and came to Queensland. You'd be proper fucked at the moment. Oh, yeah, but (laughs) I I reckon I could hang out for a year to have a lifetime of hunting. And trout fishing, uh, it seems the holy grail. But I suppose uh, as long as you weren't in Melbourne, you'd be pretty right. It's not hard to get there. No. You jump on a plane. Yeah. And... You know, as I was saying, we do the, the mentor hunts. We do four of those. We've got a, a number of mentors in the group, so we can take six or eight new members out each trip. Yeah. 99.99% chance you're going to take an animal. Yeah, right. Um, it's It's got Is it down. really that many? Well, I think out of maybe two or 300 mentors we've taken over the last few years, one's missed. Wow. One's not taken an animal home. Yeah. Because he missed. 
Oh, because he missed. And he's a good friend of mine, and I'll say it oh. again. And he missed, <laughs> in case he ever listens to this. Um, I, thought, I thought you meant they they just didn't didn't find one or, or no, something like that. No, that never happens. Yeah, uh, wow. not, not on these specific trips. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're pretty lucky in where we can go. Uh-huh. Um, and the, there's there's a big herd of So of you're saying that, that area. he missed. He missed. <laughs> we line him up, he missed. We don't know why. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he's dead set. I don't know why, um, but these things happen from time to time. But yeah, out sure, of so sure. so basically, out of um, every single mentor we've taken out, pretty much every single one of them has been put on an animal, and almost every single one of them has been able to take one, if not two or three, home for the weekend, and they go through their full experience, which is wow. fantastic. Yeah, um, that is. And you'll get couples. You know, there'll be a, a a guy that wants to do it, or and his girlfriend or wife wants to be part of the process, but she doesn't really want to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fine we've yeah. had people that have come along that really think they want to do it and at the end of it they go mm, probably not probably yeah right oh, um, I could understand that yeah. actually I could. Well, I, that's fine and yeah. you know everyone you shoot people will tell you there's remorse but I also see that it was happily cruising around in a paddock with its buddies and it didn't know anything else right up until that right up until that second. and they don't suffer yeah very rarely do they suffer because you can get so close to them, and the gear we use these days is so accurate that you know it's just an, it's just like that, and it's it's done. So, what are you hunting with? You've said a rifle a few times. Yeah, I hunt with a rifle. I've got a couple of different things that I would use depending on where I was. I've got a bush basher that I don't mind if it gets too carved up. It gets, I mean, I'm I'm rough with gear, very rough with gear. So um, my friends will tell you that. Uh, it, my rifle is my walking stick, my shovel, my tent pole, <laughs> and everything else. Um, and every now and then it lets a round off. Yeah. Um, but it gets fairly well used, uh, and it's pretty carved up from bashing through bush and scrub and those sorts of things. Uh, and I've got a nicer one that I use when I'm on, you know, we'll go to New Zealand and sit on the top of the Southern Alps, mm-hmm. where you can see for a kilometre, so they're more long-range sort of rifles. How often do you get back home? Uh, up until this year, usually once a year I'd get back. Yeah, okay. Um, and I have more reasons to go back now. There's more deer. There is more deer <laughs> over there. There's so many deer over there. I was, that was going to be the next thing I asked you. What's the hunting over there compared to over here? Like? It's, it's hard to compare. I mean, New Zealand, if you look back in history, New Zealand was uh, the globe's safari country. Yeah, you're right. The deer, so New Zealand itself was a bird sanctuary. There isn't a mammal in New Zealand that's not feral or introduced uh-huh. there isn't one not a single mammal it, it was all birds yeah okay right so if, if you look at any mammal over there they've all been given right so the english bought the sheep and yeah someone bought some pigs and what have you but um roosevelt gave the elk and um, i forget who gave the red deer species and then someone i assume from japan gave seeker mm-hmm. so they have all of those they've got um tar which are um uh, himalayan and they got chamois, which is some weird-looking goat-looking thing with hooky horns that people don't really know what it is until they look at it. They go, Man, that's got a cool coat. I wish I had one of them. Um, <laughs> apparently, they taste like crap. Oh yeah. Um, so I leave them alone, right? Um, but they, they've got they've got all the game. Uh, they had moose. They had moose, but they didn't quite. They reckon they're still there, but mm. you've got to go into the deepest, gnarliest, horrible country to find them. Mm. And they have some of that over there. Yeah, I bet they do. Yeah. So um, that's New Zealand. It is like that, and it's all the um, 
all of the country is open to hunters. A moose in New Zealand. That'd moose, be well, elk, cool. mate. Elk, yeah, elk. So they call them, cool they call them wapiti over there. Wapiti. Wapiti, yeah. yeah. And the wapiti intermix with the reds. So you now have giant red deer. Yeah, okay. That look like a red, but they have an enormous horse-like body. <laughs> and then you have the wapiti. And the wapiti are just supreme. Um, you know, people go to the States and Alaska to chase wapiti or elk. Uh, same thing. Uh, so they have that, and Stewart Island. So this year we're supposed to be on Stewart Island chasing whitetail. Whitetail were introduced. Uh-huh. That's the staple for the states. They're always chasing the white whitetail bucks. Yeah. Um, so they have a, a, a population of them on Stewart Island, which is also something worth going and have a look at. So yeah, right. There's plenty of it. Yeah, but right. Here, but Australia is good. Like it has plenty of stuff. Yeah. Um, if you're into chasing it, samba and fallow deer and seeker. Oh, no, they don't have seeker deer. Sorry, but they've got rooster and they've got. Um, chittle and various other bits and pieces. So there's lots of opportunity here. It just depends what you're after. Yeah, right. That's I'm, cool. I'm more localised. Yeah, yeah, like for I sure. S- I say, I, uh, idealistically, I got into this for the meat, you know, because it was free, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I was laughing <laughs> um, at. <laughs> I enjoy the hunting pursuit. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, you know, putting sure. Putting yourself against, you know, nature to do these sorts of things. That's the kick, not the killing part. Yeah. Um, and I tell you, when we were in New Zealand last year, the trip we went on to shoot this fella, uh-huh. the red deer that I'm pointing to, yeah. Um, so he, we saw him two kilometres away with a bunch of girls, and to get to him, two kilometres doesn't sound far. But Not we on had a to, road. We had to drop um, 1.2 kilometres down into a gully, so uh-huh. that was a vertical drop. And then through the river. So we had a 1.2 down and about a 1.8 to where the deer was. Uh, we had no idea it was going to be still there when we got there. Um, that was an 18-hour hike. For two k's. For two k's. And it ended around midnight back at camp in the sleet and the snow and the rain and the shit. And me and my two buddies sat on the side of a cliff that night wondering what hypothermia might feel like. <laughs> Feeling pretty close, I well, far out when you've got to climb that mountain, and I'll show you some pictures later. But when you've got to climb that mountain up here somewhere, um, it's like this, and it's four points of contact, uh-huh. hands and feet to get up there, and it's scree. So you stand up one and you drop back half, and uh-huh. you're uh-huh. completely stuffed. So, you know, preparing for trips like that with your mates and getting fitter, and you know, making sure you're prepared for it, and you've got your, you know, your first aid. and emergency stuff squared away and you know what you're doing you've got to trust the guys to go with you and you form some amazing friendships and bonds out of it yeah i bet that's why you do it that's why you do it not that i need to defend that but that's why you do it yeah yeah sure the killing's just part of it i I understand that a lot of people don't so my wife is she's not against it right she's certainly uh, an animal lover Uh you know we've got plenty of them around here i think most people are yeah i mean who doesn't love animals? Yeah. Right? That doesn't mean that I don't eat meat. Yeah. And that my way of getting it is more personal than the way that you would go down to the shop and do it. Yeah. And she reconciles it in her mind, whether that's just to, for my benefit or for her friend's benefit. But she reconciles, they're feral. They're feral? They're feral. And feral is in the term. Yeah. They are, they are an introduced species doing harm to the land. Uh-huh. So... If I'm out shooting, as long as I'm not blowing away native animals, I'm doing good for the Australian country by removing deer from the landscape. 
that's how some people rationalize it. Whatever it takes. If that's what it is. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so how much damage do they do? I know they are feral. I know uh, they're a pest down, and all the rest of it. You go down, well, I don't really know. I, you don't really know? I, I'm not in it to save the environment. No. So I don't research yeah, okay. how well I'm doing. Yeah, okay. Um, but I tell you, when you go down to Victoria and you, you cruise off the main road and you go down a little sidetrack to a creek, you park your car up, lock it, grab your rifle, put it over your shoulder and walk up into the bush because that's what you can do. Yeah. Just like that. Um, it's highways and highways of bashed down bush growth because mm-hmm. of those deer. Mm-hmm. They do a Australia, lot of damage. Because Australia doesn't have hooved animals natively. Oh, I haven't thought about that, but I believe you. Yeah, they actually don't. <laughs> so, like, you know, cattle, horses, all those sorts of things. Same sort of thing as yep. New Zealand, right? The, yep. the old mammal thing. Yeah, everything with a soft f- foot. There's, yeah, it could have come from Australia if it's got a hoof. It's incredible yeah. how much trample there is from yeah. the from the animals over there. Yeah, uh, and no different in New Zealand when we were wandering down in the bottom of the gullies. It was highways of um, of game trails along the rivers where you know they're wandering along. But at what point in time do they become part of your ecosystem? Yeah, well, I don't know. We like we discussed right at the start. There's no natural predators here, so. It's a stake in the ground. When did it become Australia? Mm. Who was here first? <laughs> you know, all of that sort of stuff. At some point in time, this is what Australia is. I mean, the deer are on the Queensland coat of arms. Yeah. Ferals. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do have a reputation in <laughs> Queensland, right? Um, but that's, you know, I, I, I don't really know. But a lot of people reconcile it in a different way. Yeah. Right. And for me, if I was going to go and buy meat from the supermarket, the life of that animal is in nowhere near as good as the life of the deer that I just shot. Probably not. There's, there's raised raised the way that they are, it. cattle trucked everywhere, mm. those sorts of things. Now, I'm you know, I'm not an activist against this stuff, but I don't particularly like the way the animals are dealt with. No, factoring f- factory farming, I'm glad that that particular thing doesn't happen often in Australia, and we are, um, as a nation, I believe that most people are very much against factory farming, but mm. you're right. There is a lot of, you, know, you only have to follow the life of a cow getting trucked around places and all the rest of it, and then, you know, they know it's coming when when they're at the abattoir. They know it's coming. My uh, friend will tell you a story about sheep. They said the sheep got so smart. Whenever the farmer went out with his rifle to take one out to put in the freezer, they'd all stand in a circle with their heads facing in, with their heads down. The first one to put its head up would get shot. And those those sheep would never put their heads up. <laughs> Anytime farmer came in the paddock, they'd all go into a circle and put their heads down. <laughs> they know what's coming, you're right. Yeah. They know what's coming. These yeah. ones, they don't know what's coming. No. They um, don't even know you're there. Usually not. You know, these if things, you if you're doing your job right. These <laughs> things don't get they don't get shot on the on the fly. No. They're you know, you see them from distance, you sneak up, you do it properly and How close? Oh, look, some of us bow hunt, right? Yeah. So that's within 15 to 20 metres mm. of a wild animal with all of those instincts. That's that's not bad going. Takes a lot of talent. Takes a lot of time and patience, mm. you know. And you can, you can I'm not going to say correct the advantage because they have an enormous advantage, even though people say, well, you've got a rifle. They're wild. Man, they can, <laughs> they can, you get the, you, you just have the wind do this, mm. your day's done, it's finished. The whole valley knows you're there. Mm. And you may as well just pack up and go home. Um, so you've got to get all of that stuff right. 
Uh, but that's part of the challenge. That's why I have this one. The um, the dog on the floor. Oh, she, yeah. She's a trained deer center. Really? That's what she does. I got her for that. I got her primarily because I'm terribly colorblind. <laughs> uh, and I, well, I can't see blood on green. So if really? So if it, and it's never happened, and I hope it never does happen, but my responsibility as a hunter is if I wound an animal, you've got to sort that out. Yeah, for you sure. can't just leave it there. No. Um, but I can't track a deer. Because you can't see I it. I can't see blood on green. Wow. I can't see it on the ground. I can't see it on I can't see it on brown, on dirt, on anything. The only time that I would see a blood droplet on something was if it shimmered in the light because it was wet. Yeah, okay. So it would have that shimmer to it. Yeah, right. So I took it upon myself to get the dog, and she can track. But she can also show me where they are. Yeah. Which is a really good, you know, um, help helpful thing. So Man's she's, best friend, She's eh? a bit of a weapon. And they keep you warm. Yeah. Because you're usually out there in shitty cold days. Cuddle up. Snowy mountains. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Man's best friend. Yeah, for sure. They're good. But, um, yeah. First time I ever seen a deer, couldn't tell you what it was. It was mm, six years ago. I was up at Moorumbah. Where's Moorumbah? Uh, North Queensland. Yep, the big... Tall, pointy ones, pointy. Yes. Yeah, so it would have been a, a chittle. And there were hundreds of yep. them. Yeah. And they were just like in the paddock, just there. Well, they they're here. They're, they're they're in and around the suburbs of Brisbane. They're around Toowoomba. They're all the way up S into the Mary Valley around Kilcoy. As soon as you get further north than Maryborough and places like that, you start getting um, the chittle that we talked mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. There's pockets of Rusa, which are a, another big red deer type, you know, they've just got a slightly different body and different antlers. Um, and they're present all the way up through to the Northern Territory. You go south of here, um, Southern Downs is full of um, um, fallow deer, which is like the one up the top there with the big palm antlers. Yeah. So that's that's fallow deer. They're the, one of the smaller species of deer. They're all the way down to Sydney. Sydney around Sydney's red deer. You carry on down and you bump into Samba. So pretty much the whole dividing range, north to south. That's crazy. I know, deer we, population. I know we talked about it just before, but I had never seen one in Toowoomba until a few weeks, literally a, the, maybe a few months ago. They are sneaky little oh, yeah. bastards. Yeah. They, uh, they're ghosts, absolute ghosts. You'll see them one second, they're gone the next. Well, it was like it was just, like I said, the, the eye shine, and I turned around, high beams on, one of them looked, and they were gone. Mm. And there was five, five of them there. Only because I counted them as they w- were going up their trail, but I only seen one. I've seen the same mob. Yeah, really. Well, it's one. It's one herd. Yeah, yeah. So if you've yeah. seen it and someone else, it's the same. It's the same deer. Yeah. Um, there's a road um, that sort of comes out. You know the road that runs down past the quarry, uh-huh. the main road to the airport. Yes. There's a road that comes in. It's a T junction onto that, um, which is right next to the quarry. I think it heads towards Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. I know the one you're talking about. Yep. So there's that road. Um, I was at that road and they were just feeding on the grass at the base of the quarry. One big buck with huge antlers uh-huh. and his girls. Yeah, that's definitely Just them. looking at you going, can't <laughs> shoot me, buddy. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely them. Yeah. Um, magnificent species. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, they're nice to watch. Um, you get a little bit infatuated with them. Is that, is, like, seeing, seeing them like that, is that a reflection on how many there are? numbers increasing they getting tamer so to speak no i don't think they're getting tamer but um the herds the way the herds tend to operate is they they form a group uh-huh. and then they breed so you, you you're nearly doubling the herd every year right 
Wow. Let's say that's two-thirds of the herd every year because yeah. some of them are going to die for various different reasons. Yeah. But you're going to double that herd um, depending on – but, I mean, deer will go barren. The females will go barren if it's a bad year. They're not getting enough water and food and things like that, so they won't be able to breed. Yeah. And they come back into cycle again next time. Um, but you get a fair increase in numbers um, each year. And then the, the males will come up and they'll either challenge or they'll get pushed out. And when they get pushed out, they'll often take one or two with them. Yeah, okay. Right, so then the, the herd expands and herd, expands right? yeah. and then culling happens and drought happens and it does this. But it's absolutely growing. If you think about the, you know, the three pairs of red deer that were introduced to the red to, to the Brisbane Merrick Valley and now we have thousands. Three pairs? Three pairs, yeah. It was a gift. That was all? There was six deer? Pretty sure it was three pairs. It was a very small amount of deer. Wow. Yeah. And they they know how to survive these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, and it yeah. should be a bloody industry. It should be. So absolutely should be. I know people that um, have game harvesting, a game harvesting business, mm-hmm. and they were very successful at harvesting wild game and supplying the really top grade restaurants down on the coast. Right. And then the government decided they wanted to cull the deer, so they sent helicopters in and just blew them away. Like in their thousands, yep. In our shires where we live, really. Well, sorry, the deer weren't there, but yeah, you know, yeah I'm talking yeah, about yeah. in in the Darling Downs, yeah, uh, area. This is what happened, and send those businesses broke because they want to, erat- like, spend money on helicopters and shoot the deer so that they don't increase in volume. Now that could be a free activity by trained, yeah. The word qualified is a bit hard to use, but trained and certified. Definitely if they go through some a, a, a there, group. or a Yeah, there's more than just the Australian Deer Association. We yeah. specialise in deer. That's what we chase. Um, yeah. Other organisations are, are, are wider in, in what they chase. Um, WSAA and people like that, like they have a farmer assist program uh-huh. um, to go and help a farmer eradicate things. We're not into that. Yeah, but they're still they're still pr- providing training, That's you right. know, firearms training, how to hunt, ethical hunting, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. You've exactly. got to pass proficiency courses. Yeah, you know, have the right equipment, do the right things, be a reasonable person that gets recommended into it before you can. So everything is in place. It's just the government saying, no, really don't want to change things because I'm about to go into an election and. Yeah, I might lose some votes if yeah. I allow crazy gun nuts running around in the parks. So either it, the fucking politics bullshit that we have in this country is fucking shit. Oh, it's it's nuts. <laughs> so is there on either party, two party fucking thing? Is either of them? I don't want to use this word sympathetic. Better than the it, other? Yeah, yeah. Mm, no, as f- as far not, as not in the majors. No, no, no. no. But I mean, it's. Yeah, there, ne- there would need to be a fundamental change. Um, as a New Zealander, I don't vote because I'm not a citizen, right? uh-huh. so I so I follow it, but I I can't put my vote into to make it count. I should sort that out at some point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not too difficult to become a citizen, but um, the 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 party oh, it's it's hard. Like the the parties like Catter and One Nation mm-hmm. are the ones that have policy around this, right? And I don't know how wide-reaching this is and how, how hard this hits people, but if they just had a good front person, yeah, 
rather than some loony old dude and some crazy woman that says stupid shit. Yeah. If they just had a good facing front person that people didn't feel bad about being associated with, yeah, I think they'd get a lot more support. But that's politics. I don't want to talk about politics. It's 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 very very hard. Um, and and look, they support what we want to do. And there's there's groups out there. On Facebook, you may have seen them um, advocating for, I think it's the State Forest User Alliance or something like that. So the Queensland government sells the use of the state forest to forestry corporations. Right. And they lock out the general public. They make a dollar and they, they basically say, Joe Citizen, you can't use this land anymore. They're selling the assets that we should be able to use. National Park. What's a national park for? It's not to sit there and create oxygen. That's that's good, but you know it should be there for people to use. I was just about to say it wouldn't be for people to use. That'd it wouldn't be, be for people be to crazy. use. Crazy. No, no, no. What, that's what future land sales, is what it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so sadly, that's what happens, and and it's not just hunters that advocate for the use of that land. It's four wheel drivers. It's motocross people. It's hikers, fishing people. Like choose anyone outdoors that might want to go and you know hang out in one of the state parks. Um, Queensland government literally locking it up, selling the lease for 100 years to logging companies. Now, they could still do that and take on what New South Wales are doing because New South Wales forestry are the, the main landholders for all of the places that we hunt and we do it together. Yeah, right. When the, the system is that sophisticated that when uh, a logging group goes into a certain area in a park, they close it off, and anyone that has a permit to hunt in that area gets told that that's the restrictions. Your GPS gets updated with no-go zones. Uh-huh. They just make it safe. Easy. It's not hard. No. Right? New Zealand's even looser. Just go hunting, fellas. It's fine. Yeah. If there's forestry guys there, chuck them a beer, he'll be right. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Um, probably the forestry guys spend more time hunting than cutting trees down, probably. But um, it's a by the by. So there's zero reason for it not to happen here. And we're just saying goodbye to all of that revenue. Yeah, well, I couldn't figure it out when I when I started having a look into it. I was just like, "What the fuck is going on?" I couldn't I couldn't make head and tails of it. There was all. a there was a petition last year that was put together by a professor, a doctor, someone like that 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 works with that user alliance. So it was either the largest or the second largest petition ever put in front of council uh, in front of the state government in and, history. And nothing. Well, they have a responsibility when they get a petition of a certain size to mm-hmm. table it at their next meeting. They did. They went, chuck. They put it on the table and said nothing. And they basically just said, we're not considering it. Not even considering it. Not even a dialogue as to why not. There's not even a, a step-by-step, okay, we understand there are hundreds of thousands of people that want to use the land. This is what you might need to do to get further you know to advance your your agenda nothing just uh we're not looking at that right now and it's the same the same with this policy leading into the election it's exactly the same it's we, good we have no intention of changing the use of our state assets it's got to be because they don't get it surely has to be they don't get it back to our earlier comments they have zero need to need to fend for themselves or you know but there are lots of people that rely on game meats as a staple for the table and there's probably a lot more that would if if they're allowed right well like, i would think so it only makes sense it's it's good food yeah 
It's very good food. Like I said, I, I don't have time before. for a barbecue right now, mate, but I'm <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I don't know. That's, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a it's a subject that you'll go round and round in circles in your head and just go, I don't get it. Yeah. Like if you were completely anti it, you'd go, oh, they just don't need it. You know, there's no call for hunting in today's society. But you go and have a look at some of the other studies that have been done by universities. You know, hunting families are typically happier families because they're active and they're outside and they're away from the TV and they're they're doing things. And you're not just a hunter. You're typically a fisherman. Yeah. You know, you're taking your kids on adventures, and which is what I do, by the way, every weekend with my nearly three-year-old. Camping, four-wheel driving. Camping, four-wheel driving, going to the beach, kayaking, doing all of that sort of stuff. And every now and then, I'll go deer hunting. Yeah. Um, and that does consume my life a little bit in, in like, hunting season. There is a period of time when they're more active, uh-huh. and it's not as hot, and it's more comfortable for the hunter to go into the bush. Yeah. Um, but that's just what active families do. Take away all of that. Back to the telly. What else are you going to do? YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube is good. <laughs> Sometimes. You go down some dark, deep holes at Yeah, YouTube. no, you can. No, I agree, you can. But um, I just think that it's a, it's a real shame that, that people don't think about it a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. So I went over to Fraser a while ago, car wrecking island. Yeah, just, just come back. <laughs> I've just come back. Oh, really? Yeah. What, what what damage did you do to your car? I lost a number plate. Oh, is I'm, that all? I'm pretty sure um, that no, that my boss won't listen to this, so uh, the old work car <laughs> <laughs> may may lose all of its wiring and componentry from driving through salt water at some point. No, you don't worry about that. But uh, I gave it. I gave it a squirt with the hose. It should be fine. Yeah. No, no, I didn't. I, I'm not a. I'm not a wrecker of things. Um, I like I said, I'm rough on gear, but this was like again, my, my young fella. It was actually another Darling Downs ADA trip. Yeah. Um, nice. Can't go hunting. Let's go fishing. So yeah. a group of us went over. We did it last year. We did it this year. Chasing Taylor. Um, but we drone fish. Drone fish. With the drone. No fucking way. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> no fucking way. Oh, yeah, that's what the old. That's what the anglers on the beach said. Why are you catching fish and I'm not? Because I can drop it 300 metres offshore and you can only cast 30 metres or 50 metres or whatever it is. So we're dragging in GTs and big Seagull and Taylor and what have you and they're sitting there looking at us. So how does that work? You just hook your... your yeah, there's a device on the bottom which, yep. which connects to my remote and when I push a button on my remote, it opens a clip. Yeah. So I attach the bait, the hook, the whole lot, I fly it as far as I want to go and I just push the button and it drops into the ocean. And because it has Boom, a form right on top of their head. Well, you can sight fish for tuna, you can sight fish for Spanish Max, you can find bait schools and just go drop your bait straight on top of it. I'm gonna buy a drone. I would buy <laughs> I would buy a drone. <laughs> it's it's incredible. It's really good. That's cool as fuck. Yeah, it's good. Put I don't some, think I've ever Well, when you I've go down that rabbit that. hole on YouTube you'll find me on yeah, Fraser. Right. Yeah, right. I'm gonna look it up when as soon as I get home. Drone fishing on Fraser, you'll find us. Yeah, right. Yeah. But you get to catch some really cool stuff. But there's a zone between where the angler can fish off the beach and the boats can go because mm. the boats won't come in because it's too swelly in the waves and the anglers can't fish that far. So there's this whole zone where all the pelagics come in and smash the fish that we can fish that no one else can fish. Unless you're in a kayak or, yeah. but, you know, there's a minute amount yeah, of people yeah. that gear up to go and fish that zone. Yeah, right. It's That's awesome. cool. It's awesome. That's real cool. And when you're on, you're on. You're just catching heaps. Send them out. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> when I went over, 
I bra- I did break my car. Oh, good. Down the down the timing belt. Um, sand. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Sand all through the front of the engine, just chewed it up all to pieces. It was crazy. I got the I got the we got the car off the uh, off the island. So what so did you do on the island? Like, did you go mad forward driving? No, no, it was just the normal driving. It was just normal driving. Yeah. So went through. It was up near the the um, shipwreck. Yeah. Dropped down through the creek. Is it Ellie Eli, Eli Creek. Creek? Yeah. Went went through a little bit of water there. Up sand on the other side, cruising along, and yeah, just fucking. Lots and lots of sand. Got it uh, into the belt. In, into the belt, but not into the engine itself. No, not into the engine. Yeah, no. So, yeah, we uh, we turned around and made for the fucking uh, the ferry. Made it back to Rainbow Beach. Turned uh. the, turned the car off and didn't turn back on. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the uh, mechanic there showed me the belt and took photos. Of when he was pulling it apart, and there was there was a lot of sand in there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh well, it does wreck cars. It does. Yeah, and it wrecks awnings. Yeah, like the side awning on mine got wrecked the first time, so I put a new awning on for this time. It got wrecked the first time I put it up, so I sent for parts, and it hasn't been wrecked again. But I towed the camper trailer up there, and we uh, we just camp on the main beach in one of the zones, and I put an electric fence around the camp so the dingoes don't come in for the two year old, and we just love it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, one of my mates goes up there quite often, and um, yeah, I'd say he does something to his car every single time. Nav life. Oh, you you can uh, <laughs> you can cut a bit sick over there though. Oh yeah, you don't need to wreck your stuff. No, no, but you can not. you can get a bit silly. Yes, the way it goes. It's very easy to, but it's part of the life. It's yeah. just we do this. We lift our cars and we make them more capable to take us further to be able to hunt more things, be it fish or deer or something else. It's yeah. just what we do. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, cheap meat. <laughs> cheap meat. <laughs> get away from the TV. Yeah, that's right. You got to get out. You can't. You can't not do it. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I can't. Uh, probably the only other thing that I would suggest that is really good about this way of life or organization or group of people is the blokes advocacy stuff. Um, you're usually in a group of of guys, and that's not to say that we exclude women. You know, but we go. You know, it's a dad and kids weekend at fishing. You know, yeah. usually mums are happy to have the break. It's not an ex- exclusive thing. We we do have a our wife come along from time to time. Um, for some reason, they decide they want to come this time and <laughs> don't come again. <laughs> this is the way it is. But um, it's a it's a really good. It's amazing what happens when you get a group of guys and you think about the group of guys that are, are core to our group. And you might think, oh yeah, what sort of yobos are in a hunting group? It's optometrists, it's doctors, it's psychologists. You know, I'm in the IT industry. We've got truckies, we've got mechanic, all sorts of people. You meet all these different people from all different walks of life that become a core group of friends that you can sort of lean on for all different sorts of things. It's great yeah. to have all of these people for independent advice around different things. But you put them in a circle and you have a campfire and you bring out the whiskey and what do you know? People start to talk about their stuff. Yeah. And you soon realise that most people have got the same problems that you've got and you can sort of air a lot of this sort of stuff with your mates. So I think um, I've certainly found that the hunting group or the outdoor enthusiast type group is also excellent therapy. Just to dump everything else and go and take your mind off it and chew the fat with the blokes because we don't do that very well. We no. don't do it very well. No. Blokes don't don't talk. 
at all. My problems, not going to talk about my problems. Um, it just doesn't really happen. But it sort of brings... It, I mean, I'll, I'll take people on a, on a trip that I don't even know. And this might sound really bad, but they'll open up straight away and want to talk to you. And if I guess if you're not someone that wants to be talked at like that, then that's the bad thing. Right? Yeah. Someone's airing their shit on you straight away. Yeah. Um, but there's something about the primal thing of hunting that people are sort of laid a bit bare, I guess, and they can talk about stuff. So we see it as a really good way, especially when you're going on a big trip or you're getting into, like when we're going on a big trip, you know, tabletop mountain here, right? Mm-hmm. People might do it once or twice in their lifetime. Um, it's not a massive event. It's a challenge for a lot of people. Yeah. Right? But, yeah, yeah some people, <laughs> yeah, some people yeah. not. Um, but, you know, we'd, we'd hop up and down that, Three or four times a week, mm-hmm. as a because it's the steepest thing that you can find around Toowoomba. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'd be up and down that three or four times a week, leading up to a, a big trip overseas because it's the best training that you can probably get, and you get a lot of people coming along that may not be coming on the trip but just want a bit of fitness and they want to go out with a bunch of blokes, and it's good for your health. So, it's that whole lifestyle. It's interesting how it all comes together. Where's the downside? Oh, the, <laughs> where's the well, <laughs> I don't know. Fucking government, that's a downside. <laughs> the government sucks, yeah. And look, if you no, that that's that's yeah, that's really important. It's it good really stuff. is, yeah, yep. absolutely. How do I deal with this going on in my life, with my family, yeah. with my wife, with these sorts of things? It's good, honest people that you can talk to. You probably have four or five guys there saying, "Well, I dealt with that six months ago, pretty three much. years ago, whatever." Yep. Or it's just a listening post. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes that's all anyone needs. Well, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. So that's a, that's a good upside. And there's, I reckon there's a, a lot more in that area that we can do using hunting or fishing or mountain biking or just physical activity um, to improve men's health. Yeah, well, mental health in general is yeah. greatly improved by physical activity. Yeah. It's, it's actually prescribed by doctors. It took a long time, but it's prescribed by doctors well, now. Well, that was the, the stat that I was sort of half telling you about earlier. It was um, hunters or outdoor people are generally happier people mm. because they can... I believe it. I absolutely Just believe more it. active. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a good thing. But, yeah, I think there's, a, there's, a, there's an avenue to improve that. Um, and... <laughs> this will probably come across as completely sexist because I keep saying men's health and blokes weekends and all that sort of stuff. But you're a man. So I think <laughs> I th- yeah I think women are good at it, mm-hmm. and men aren't, and there should be focus on men mm-hmm. at some point for this sort of stuff. So um, yeah, that's something you might see in the future. Yeah, that'd be really good. One uh, one of the things that we find in talking to a, one of the members who's a psychologist, psychiatric something, psych something. Anyway, talk to people yep. on the yep. couch. Yep, <laughs> that guy, talk therapist, talk therapist. That's him. Um, he he will tell you that um, going on a major trip like we do, yeah, will bring out this thing in you that you just can't explain. Like um, if you're going on a on a big trip, like I explained before, you know, we're chasing deer. We, we're flying to New Zealand. We've got our health sorted out. We set some goals. I mean to the point where one of the goals for me was that I had to go and see the dentist before I went because I am shit scared of the dentist. Really? I can't stand dentists. So that was my thing that I made myself do. Anyway, we set ourselves goals to make sure that we've done them before we go. You do not want problems on the mountain. No. Then you get there and then you helicopter up 
and you're in the middle of nowhere and it's just incredible scenery and then you sort of immerse yourself in that, you find your target, which is actually why you're there and a lot of people will say that the climax of the trip was shooting that animal but it's so far from the truth. The climax of that trip was surviving. (laughs) (laughs) It was so ridiculous, the place that we ended up climbing that mountain and I was talking about climbing that scree slope yeah, hands and feet getting to the top. Well, we made a wrong decision and went the wrong direction, and we had to go. We were ninety percent of the way to the top. We had to come all the way back down oh. and do it again. And it was sleeting, and we were cold and miserable. And we got nearly to the top of the other side, which we knew we were on the right track. And there was this ledge, and the ledge would have been about as big as this room, which is sort of two by four meter ledge on the side of a mountain, full stars of everything in front of you. you could, there was just this enormous basin, and we were just hanging on the side of this ledge having a rest. And we're all just sitting there going, oh, this, is fun. This, yeah. is, this is the shit right here. Yeah. Right, this is what is very cool. Someone pulls a phone out, puts a bit of good music on, and we sit there, eat a bit of food, get some water into us, prepare for the final climb up. Um, but that, that was the climax bit. And if you can get people to experience that, I think you can do a, a lot to improve their mentals, mental state. I think that's pretty cool. So we're going to try and pull some of those sorts of programs together for people. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. Real good. Sign up here. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah, so talking about signing up, where can we find ADA? On oh, ADA is easy to find if you're, if you're into um, deer hunting or if you can use a computer, you can just go and find the Australian Deer Association online. Mm-hmm. Um, signing up is via the internet. Normally what happens is you find um, your local region like you would have found me on the website like you did mm-hmm. and call me and have a yarn and that's normally what happens people will, will, will sort of talk to me for an hour about what their objectives are um what they'll get out of it a lot of people call because they want access to land oh yeah i will not give you access to land <laughs> no it doesn't work like that no, it doesn't work that. Like that. but we do organize hunts where you can pay money and come with us on to property yeah but you won't get free run access to land but we'll talk to them about what their goals are if that's their primary objective you're probably not going to join the club yeah um, if you want to learn how to hunt, meet good people, go on epic trips somewhere around the world or around the country, that's us. That's what we do. Yeah, well, you'll be definitely hearing from, from me. I can tell you that. Come along. You'll enjoy it. You never know what you're going to say around a campfire with a whiskey. <laughs> all right, well, uh, I do have to go, though. You're right, mate. It's all good. Oh. So there it is. I hope you've learned something. I did. I'm definitely going to be joining up. Um, don't forget to go to the Facebook page, uh, Chinwag Junkie. Go to the Facebook page, Chinwag Junkie. Instagram, Chinwag Junkie. Uh, send us a message if you want to. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel that's now up and live. Took me a bit, but I got there. Thanks, everyone. Keep it real. <laughs>